1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 247, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this latest episode of Cherry Picking here on Up the Cherries in All Departments. So, firstly we have got matt with me to my
3: left today how you doing yeah, Matt? i was just there thinking i'm on the wrong side that's all right that's all right i'm not used to being there you're quite It's it's fine it's fine
2: you, you know I, I, i'm letting you <laughs> i'm letting you on the left hand side so <laughs> there we are <laughs> and just down below me i have got manny
4: how you doing manny all good thank you all good um Nervously excited for the start of the season. Uh, Saturday noon kickoff doesn't necessarily fill me with too much excitement, but we're up against Nottingham Forest. Uh, Matt Turner enjoying a reunion with us not too long after being on the bench for the Community Shield. Funny how things work out.
2: Yeah, most definitely. So, of course, we face West Ham this weekend. um, And... Well, we'll come... To be honest, there's been loads of news, hasn't there, really, over the past week. Um, And, of course, two big pieces of news that happened yesterday evening. Um, We'll cover all that off. Where should we
3: start, Matt? Um, Well, obviously, we've got the two new sign-ins. We could start there. Yeah,
2: let's go for it. So... Let's start off with Alex Scott. There he is, Alex Scott, in his number 14 Cherries shirt. We finally got our man. um, And welcome to AFC Bournemouth, Alex Scott. Um, So, some facts about the new signing. Do you want to go through these, Matt, or shall I? Ah, You take it away. Right, fair enough. So, he started playing football in Guernsey at the age of four. He was released by Southampton at 12 and then by Bournemouth at 13. He was playing in the Guernsey FC first team at the age of 16. He then moved to Bristol City um, and signed scholar forms with them. At 17, he was playing Bristol City's under-23s before breaking into the first team. He's had numerous midfield roles for the Robins and won the 2023 Euros with the England under-20s. So Neil Blake, AFC Bournemouth Chief Executive, said, We are delighted to welcome Alex to the club, who is going to be one of the most exciting young players in Europe. He's a player that has a vast experience at such a young age with strong technical ability and a really good footballing brain. Alex will be an excellent fit in our system, and we're excited to see him continue to develop under Andoni's management. So, here is his career so far. Um, so, of course, Guernsey were in the
4: Isthm- I can't say this, Isthmian League? Um, Isthmian League, I think that, Isthmian that is. Isthmian, yeah. Isthmian League. <laughs> Thanks,
2: Maddie. I'll, I'll tell you what, I couldn't have said that. Um, But, of course, Bristol City went into the championship and therefore was ever-present, really, in the last couple of seasons, where, you know, the stats really do speak for themselves. Um, His international career, though, look at that there. Um, Under-18s, he's got the one appearance for them, then went straight into the under-19s, where he played 12 times, scoring one goal, and then for the under-20s, and there's nine appearances there. So he's a very, very, very exciting player. And I tell you what, let's go around the room. What does everybody think about Alex Scott? Because this is a player that has been so built up, um, but for good reasons. Mm.
4: You know, you mentioned that he's a native of Guernsey. If he can have anything like the career certain other native of Guernsey had in the Premiership and in the top divisions, I think he'll be quite lucky indeed. Uh, You probably might want to have a guess who that player is, but it's someone I'm sure you'll know quite well. Uh, uh, Matt Letizio. Of course. Nothing gets by you, Mr. Beasley. Nothing (laughs) gets by you. And, um, you know... This is the sort of player, really, um, obviously one of those young um, Lions who distinguished themselves in that um, European Championship, along with a certain James Trafford, who will be playing in the Premiership as well with uh, Burnley. So, um, you know, they're going to have a lot to to, um, catch up on. And certainly, um, you know, it will be nice of them to renew those old acquaintances and it's just another example of how just how ambitious Bournemouth are being right now in the transfer market with the signings that are being made. And it's a really, really good sight to see. And, um, this could very well be the sign of a club that is, um, you know, on the way up as it were. And, um, it could only be, be good. And getting someone of his age with the talent that he has, it's just, um, it's terrific. It really is. And, yeah. I'm really sort of speechless, kind of speechless because I know that this is just one of the few, a few signings that you've made. But this is the sort of talent that managers like um, of, of all these top clubs like Guardiola and Arteta would literally fall over themselves to try and sign. Maybe not so much Guardiola, but certainly um, managers who are trying to build a youth project, a project the big club. They'd um, you know, fall over themselves to get a player like him and um, with good reason. But, um, you know, Bournemouth getting him can only be a real coup, and I'm excited to see how he develops. And is a lot's going to hinge on the style of play that um, Andoni Iriola will be adopting, because it has to be a style that will really attract these new signings and really make them feel as though, yes, it is worth um, coming to Bournemouth, and I'm really glad to be here. Because um, after all of the uh, controversy about letting Gary O'Neill go and bringing him in with, with reason... You know, you want to see things work out well. So I say watch out Bournemouth. And it's funny because in the stream I was doing um, with um, RS Talks Football, several people were predicting that West Ham would have the measure of them because, um, you know, they still have a fairly decent team, even without Declan Rice. But I just think that um, Bournemouth have been so much more proactive than West Ham. And West Ham, of course, had to wait until quite recently to get some deals done for um, Alvarez and Ward-Prowse and even now... um, uh harry Maguire, who um believe it or not might even be made club captain go figure but um bournemouth are uh, just a team on the up and i just think um i'm looking forward to this upcoming match and i'm going to give my prediction it should be um a fairly comfortable if not very easy 2-1 win I-, I i can't wait to see how the cherries are going to play
2: in fact that's the result that i was thinking of as well you know a 2-1 win um which you know of course let's go f- because Alex Scott won't be playing against West Ham but let's have a look at another player shall we who we signed yesterday and that player is Max Arons um, so they said he was going to be a lily white but he become a cherry instead so welcome to AFC Bournemouth Max Arons do you want to take this away Matt? that's right you can Go on. <laughs> so Neil Blake, AFC Bournemouth chief executive, said, We are thrilled to welcome Max to the club. He's a player who will be an excellent fit in our system with physical attributes and technical ability that will benefit the team and our style of play. We're looking forward to working with him and we have no doubt that Max is going to prove a great addition to the squad. Let's have a look at the next page then. And here is his stats um so of course was at norwich city um for a long long period of time um it's also part of the england under 19s and england under 21s as well um but a very very exciting player there
3: Mm. yeah very much uh uh, both these sign-ins excite me um this one um really does excite me um He's, he's going to be, I mean, the way he's going to fit into the attacking side of, of our team is it, going to be excellent. It really is. But um, does either of you know where he started his uh, career before he signed for Norwich? Without uh, no. cheating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm
4: not about to do that right now. I'm in no mood to uh, spoil the flow. Go ahead. Tell us where he started his um he actually started at Luton
3: and Ooh. does anybody know who his um other footballing cousin is
2: i reckon it's somebody with a link to the football club
3: uh nope oh
2: hold on a second there was there was a lot on twitter the other day about hi jack Now, I don't know whether or not this... I was guessing it was referring to Jack Stacey. But there was also a picture of Grealish
3: coming up. No, 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 mate. Nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that? Absolutely not. You're going to have to tell me now. Um, I'll give you a clue. Um, He played for Newcastle and he's now at Huddersfield. Hmm. He's got a very famous first name. Ronaldo Arons. Yes. Ronaldo Arons is his uh is his famous well I say his famous, but his um footballing cousin. Fair enough. I
2: do you know what? I never never thought of that. You learn something new every day, but I tell you what, this is an exciting player. You think you've got Kirke's on the left, you've got Aaron's on the right, because Aaron's, I think, is going to come straight into the squad against um, West Ham this weekend. I think you know he's exciting, you know, and he's a player that a lot of teams wanted. Um, there's very little criticism from the Norwich fans of him, um, and. I do think Jack Stacey probably had a say in this. I do honestly think that, you know, maybe when maybe, maybe Max has asked, you know, Jack Stacey's opinion. Um, But there was always that inkling when Jack Stacey went to Norwich, I might just be reading into things
3: here, but that maybe it was sweetening them up for something. Mm, kind of makes it easier when you've already got a a, a decent player to fill the boots of a of a player that's leaving. So yeah, um, yeah, there may have been a little bit of an influence also there, um, possibly. But um, you know, just chuck it out there. Leeds loss is our game, So happy exactly. day. Exactly, exactly.
2: And after what they were saying about us last season. Um how many comments did we get after our tier list? Not the last one because um, they're not in it, but the one before that.
3: Yeah, there was a few. And um yeah, unfortunately they're eating their words now, aren't they? They are. They are in the championship.
2: Well, there we are. That's Max Aaron's. So he has become a cherry. Could have ended up at Leeds, but who wants to go there? <laughs>
4: Oh, come on, that's a bit harsh. I mean, you know, I've got, I, 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 I've got a good mate of mine who's from Leeds, by the way, and another yeah. friend that actually went over there not too long ago and said it's actually a really nice um, place to be. So I uh, please tell me you're talking about the football club and not the city itself. So you've cheesed off too many Yorkshiremen already, Craig. Mind it. <laughs> no,
2: fair enough. To be honest, we got on very well with the square ball last season. So they're a good bunch.
4: They're a good bunch, but oh, that they are! I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: I tell you what, should we have a look at Iriola as well, Matt?
3: Yeah, I think that's probably a you know good good place to carry on with. Um, obviously, it's his first proper test this weekend. Yes. Um, obviously, you know he's done all his prepping. He's done everything he can do to prepare for the season. Um, obviously, they'll have a training session this morning at some point, and um, then it's all fingers on the buttons for uh, west ham
2: yeah well let's bring up this slide here so we're having a look at a detailed look at the head coach so of course we've done quite a bit on areola um but let's go through this so this was areola's playing career um so basconia is actually effectively it's like a I'm trying to think of what Mixel is. Sari said um, it was, but it's like a feeder club for Athletic Bilbao. And yes. Bilbao Athletic is, of course, their B team. So, um, Basconia was like a feeder club. Um, then he went into effectively the B team. And then look at that the full team, um, 510 appearances. Um, and then before moving to New York City. And then the national team is an interesting one. This so he's played seven times for Spain, but nine times for the Basque country under Mikel Sanary.
3: Mm-hmm. I there mean, just are. just from a playing perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously he was a right back, full back, yeah. whatever you want to call him. I mean, fifty-seven goals for a full back. Um, in six hundred and sixty odd appearances, isn't a bad uh, isn't a bad ratio for a for a right back, is it? No, he's very very good, and uh, I think that sort of adds to his attacking. You know his his attacking approach to to coaching and management. Yeah. Yeah,
4: well, certainly wasn't a bad player either as some um, 500 appearances for Bilbao would suggest, but yeah. another fact is that he could have been a part of the uh, Spain squad that won Euro 2012, but sadly got injured and couldn't make the final cut, ended up being um, uh, replaced by Atletico Madrid's uh, Juan Francisco Torres Belen, better known as Juan Fran. So, oh. um, rather sad um, for him. He could have it had the experience of a major tournament and they certainly would have deserved it. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you learn to live with the disappointments because it's a case of onwards and upwards. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely.
4: Definitely. Well, let's have a look at
2: the next slide. So this is his managerial career. Um, and some quite, Good win percentages there. Now, win percentages, I've always say this, you've got to base it on the side that he's at. Um, and, of course, Larnaca Cypriot side, even though that's the highest win percentage, a lot of people say that's probably not... The, the, the place he didn't probably do the best at. Um, it was his first managerial job. Um, and, of course, in lesser leagues shall we say Um, of course he did play West Ham during his time at Larnaca which is Mm -hmm. an interesting one as well he then went to Mirandes now Mirandes are a very small club um, and managed to get them, them in the second division you know in a safe position you know and was solid there and then, and this is the big one, Rayo Velocano. So he managed to firstly get them out of the second division. Then he managed to keep them up for two seasons running. Now, this is the big thing, is although a 39% win ratio, you've got to factor in that this side, Rayo Velocano, it's a like-taking well, it's like Rob Edwards. If Rob Edwards did a very, very good job at Luton next season and managed to all right, temporarily get them into the Champions League places and keep them safe, comfortably, twice in a row, that is basically what Iriola has done at Real Valocano. it's also beaten Barcelona on a couple of occasions and Real Madrid. So that oh. is an outstanding achievement with a club which is unfashionable probably like our own um with no money really whatsoever and he's made that side into a side that is now well going into their third season in la liga um an unfashionable team taking them in well effectively has kept them safe, two seasons running so they're now, next season, going into their third season in La Liga um, and you can kind of see why we have gone for him, can't you Matt?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely Um you know he, he seems to fit the I mean, it, from the games it, we've seen during the friendlies you, you can see why the clubs brought him in um, obviously the, the, the approach to the actual game itself is is totally different to, you know, most managers that we've had, if not all of them. Um, you know, it. I just think the attacking flair that we have in the side, and in and, and the way we go forward now, it is almost like this season. It is going to be a case of concede two goals but score three. Yeah. Um, you can see that it, it's going to be like that. Um. He's got the, um, you know, the whole um, sort of underdog about about his managerial career. You know, they've always overachieved, and that's kind of what we've always done since, you know, since under Howe. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, overachieved um, and been the underdog. Um, I mean, with the signings we've made um, in this window, um, you know, Cliver um obviously Max Ahrens and, and Scott today. Um I think those those players are all gonna fit in very, very well into his philosophy. Yeah. Um and I and I honestly do think that, you know, we've predicted um in the tier list, you know, that we're finish eleventh. Yeah. I think we've got a real chance of that now. Um yesterday when I was it yesterday or Wednesday um, when I was on the, um, when I, when we did the head-to-head um, with the players that West Ham were potentially bringing in. And you know, I thought, oh, well, OK, possibly we might get a draw Saturday. But now we've brought, you know, Max Aaron's in. Obviously, Scott won't be available due to injury. But, I mean, now we've brought Max Ahrens in and, and, and you know, with players like Brooksy back on form. Um, you know, I, I think we will beat West Ham now. I really do. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you can see why um, the likes of of Blake and Hughes have tracked him. Um, You know, I'd imagine, you know, he's been on their radar since he turned Leeds down, um, which, you know, you can see why now from watching the friendlies, um, for those that have seen the friendlies, you can see why the club have gone in this direction yeah um and i think a few of the signings were probably made with you know from january like um, i think you've also said craig um some of the january signings possibly may have been made with it um w- with him in mind yeah um to be you know taken over eventually um but, yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting times. I mean, as we get closer to the season, I mean, tomorrow I'll be like a kid on Christmas Eve. You yes. know, it, it's going to be really, I mean, like last year, you know, we're going to the Villa game and we're like, if we get a point out of this, you know, it'd be a decent result. You know, if we finish 17th, we, we'd have punched above our weight. Um, This season, we're actually looking at it from a different... Well, I know not all supporters are, um, but I'm looking at it from a different approach that we should have a pretty decent season.
2: Yeah, completely agree. I think the optimism now within the fan base is you know, sky high. We've got such a chance of really kicking on now. Um, And, you know, some people still turn around and say, oh, you've got a small stadium, you shouldn't be in the Premier League and all that rubbish. But, you know, we have got a chance now to kick on, you know, make our name in this division, you know, and really push up the league. You know, I know that Bill Foley has mentioned Europe before. Now, that's not going to happen overnight that's you know we're not going to think right this season we're going to shoot straight into the Europa League places or the Europa Conference League place no not at all but within a couple of seasons maybe three four seasons that could be a possibility
3: that's what that's exciting really Is I it? mean I mean for me I think a simpler way of of saying what you've just said there is this is laying the foundations for the next step. Yeah. And, and I really do think that, I mean, besides I'm like Max Aaron's. I cannot wait to see him in a cherry shirt. Cannot wait. Yeah. Um, and him and, and, and Kirk has the other side, you know, what, what a fullback pairing that is. Yeah. Is that a new picture of our new ground map? <laughs> that is. Um... <laughs> do you know what? I don't know whose grand that is. <laughs> we'll take it though. We'll take it. Yeah, that would
1: do.
2: Yeah, like yeah, that. That
3: would. Yeah, I'd be quite happy with that.
2: You know, it probably it is not. a bit too big. Yeah, it's probably a bit too big at the oh, moment. Oh, it's
3: um athletic Bill Bow, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. I think it's because I couldn't find a decent picture of the other stadiums that he actually managed at. <laughs> so I stuck that one in.
0: <laughs>
2: no, that's fair enough. I can understand why you've done that. Right, let's have a look at the next bit. So facts from 20, 22, 23. So La Liga, thirteen wins, fifteen defeats, ten draws. Remember the size of the club. And then Copperdale Ray. Managed three, one, drawn one, lost one. But remember, as well, he has got teams into the semi-final of the Copa del Rey. And there we are. There's the Rayo Re- Velicano style as well. High turnovers, second in the Liga. Um, Shot-ending turnovers, 56. First. Look at those stats. You, you can see now... You know, if anybody was doubting, saying, right, okay, why do you get rid of Gary O'Neill and pick Iriola? Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a big Gary O'Neill fan. And Are you? Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, he did what he was asked from him yeah. last season. Yeah. And I think, you know, he was very dignified in the way he did it, very analytical, very astute with, mm-hmm. you know, what. The way he approached games, yeah, he didn't get things right all the time. And to be fair, there was points like Leeds away, Spurs at home, where you said, right, okay, he's made a right cock-up of that. Um, But he learned from those. Towards the end of the season, I don't get this fan base sometimes where they they slated Gary O'Neill. But, and this is a big but, you can see why they've made the decision to... You know, effectively, Iriola has become available. It's either you take Iriola now, or somebody else gets him. And Neil, Blake, well, Bill Foley at the time made that decision to go right. We want this man. We've been tracking him for so long, which I think we were. You know, I think there's probably if you go back to the Bielsa days when they were talking about Bielsa, yeah. they thought right, we'll do. We've got to do it now. And they went for it, went for the juggler, got the man. Um, And high turnover. I tell you what, that's outstanding when you consider teams in there. Shot-ending turnovers. You know, you'd expect, let's be fair, you'd expect fourth would be good on that. Because you'd think Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona. You could probably put um, Villarreal in there. You could probably put Athletic Bilbao in there. You know, so we're talking already probably sixth is a good place, which is the shots ratio for Rayo Vallecano, a team who are probably Spain's equivalent of Luton Town. That is outstanding. I'm sorry, but that's outstanding. Possession, you know, eighth. Um, And of course, when they're not in possession, they do the high press. They make teams make mistakes at the back Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you what you know i've seen quite a bit of ray velicano now um you know i I knew about them knew about iriola back then however you know i've of course taken a bit more of an interest in them since and let's be fair that they're a tiny club they got well they got a three-sided stadium as well i believe um You know, with that high press from the front. So (laughs) I don't think they've actually built a TED shed yet.
3: Mm. When we move, we can send them ours. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, you can see why, you know, with his stats, why, you know, they've, they've made that, you know, their ambition lies with this kind of manager. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's so exciting. And like you say, it
2: is like waking up on Christmas Day, isn't it? Well, it will be on Saturday.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: We'll be on Saturday. What time are we getting to the pub, Matt? <laughs> um, we'll work it out. Probably
3: about probably about half eleven, because uh, I believe there's a certain England ladies' team playing. Is it half yeah. eleven? They're playing on Saturday. Oh, there is, isn't there? Yep, there we half are. 11. Yep. There we are. Um, well, wow. I'd like to watch that and um, give the ladies my support
2: yes we shall do we shall do we will be there very early right next part so mind reader believe it or not i haven't looked in advance at these so um after playing under him iriola's history with Marcelo bielsa has influenced iriola now that he is in the dugout the former right back played under him for two years during his time in charge of athletic club Bilbao and counts the former whites boss who has just been named Uruguay's new head coach as one of his biggest influences I was very lucky to play for him for two seasons as a player says Iriola I think he has another vision of football they were two very good seasons for us and for me it was a different knowledge I use a lot of exercises from Marcelo that I learned from him. I use a lot of things, especially with the ball. Offensively, his teams are very dynamic. He is willing to make all the runs to space. He is ready to accept this kind of disorder offensively. And do you know what? I think Marcelo Bielsa is a man that did an outstanding job at Leeds to get them promoted. I really do. I really do. Um, and then continue that in the following season. Um, he is like, he's incredibly knowledgeable. If you've ever, you know, Marcelo bias a lot of people will say, it, remember him from that time with Argentina. Um, and if you consider You know, uh, and if you've ever watched anything where Marcelo Bielsa's speaking, it's normally subtitled, you know, his knowledge of the game is outstanding. There's reasons why, you know, the club would have loved to have brought him in last season. But he's a very, he's a manager that doesn't come in mid-seasons. And we said that at the time, didn't we? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> learning from the professor of football um, and of course like I say, if anybody hasn't watched it yet, once you finish watching this show, go and watch that, uh, I had to I had to narrate it all and the main, main reason I had to narrate it all was because Mick Xeri English um, is very very basic um, but he was incredibly interesting um, and such a gentleman as well um, but incredibly interesting what he said about Iriola, Lopetegui Unai Ray, Arteta Zabi Alonso and the way they think and Marcelo Bielsa although he's an Argentine coach I think he buys into that Mm. Yeah, yeah so there we are And here we are, Eddie Howe versus Iriola. Now, one thing I can notice there is, okay, they're not identical. Um, You know, you're taking the time at Newcastle, which, yeah, probably Newcastle. But I wonder, if you looked at his time with us during one season, um, I'm trying to think... If we went slap-bang in the middle, so the 2017-2018 season, I would probably have a small bet, because I wouldn't be 100% sure, but I'd probably, without looking at it, say that Howe's record was very similar to Iriola's that season. Mm Yeah,
4: that's fair point. So this is in comparison with um, Howe's performance's during with Bournemouth right
2: no with Newcastle so this is Eddie last season but I think if you looked at like maybe the 2017-2018 season at Bournemouth I reckon it would probably echo what Iriola did with Rayo Velocano last season yeah, yeah
4: yeah that was that was the crux of the question because obviously when you take a look at um the PPG of Eddie Howe I mean you know, the uh, numbers and the colours speak for themselves, really. Yeah. I mean, let's discount the FA Cup. One game, one loss, uh, lottery, as we all know. And um, certainly Howe was the type of manager who was able to, you know, get teams to punch above their weight. And Iriola could very well be in that Eddie Howe mould. So I just wonder, though, because you mentioned there, Craig, that Ireola played on the Marcelo Bielsa for about two seasons. Yeah. I just wonder, though, if those two seasons, because bear in mind, he's, he was with Bilbao for the best part of more than 10 seasons, racked up 500 appearances. And yeah. yes, you know, um, players will always have favorite managers and so forth. I just wonder if those two seasons under Bielsa were enough for um, Iriola to really glean every single thing. And we also might need to consider at what stage did he play under Bielsa? Because if it was towards the end of his time with Bilbao, near the end of his career, then you could say that that could have left a lasting impression. But somewhere in the beginning or the middle, I'm not too sure about that, to be honest. I think it was in the middle, from from my beliefs. I believe it was
2: around about 2007. I might be wrong. Might be wrong. I'm saying that off the top of my head here, but. The one Mm. thing, and the point I think I'm making here, is that Iriola plays in a similar way to what Bielsa would. And I think that, you know, he's... I think, well, it's that pressing style. It's making mistakes. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Should we have a look at the next slide? Because... I think we do have another comparison here. Right. Okay. Now, this is with Steve Cooper, of course, a Nottingham Forest manager. Um, Forest ended the season decently, really. You know, survived from the Premier League. It looked at one point, you know, they didn't get off to a very good start, really, did they? They looked like they were going to be right up against it. But Iriola, you know, with a lot less money to spend. I've got to say that. It's a lot less money to spend at Rayo Velicano as to what Steve Cooper spent last season at Forest. Well, those figures speak for themselves.
4: They do, absolutely.
3: Yeah, I think that's quite a good comparison, really. Yeah, yeah,
4: definitely. Um, Because, I mean, I know
3: it's two different leagues and different competitions and that, but I mean when you look at, you know, the win percentage, you know, it it's 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 quite a lot better really than than Cooper's, isn't it? Um mm-hmm. I should have really um complied Gary O'Neill's um stats, but um it would have been difficult
2: that. because it wasn't a
3: full season, that's, really. But... That's what I've done here. You see, there's only yeah. managers that were in for a full season. Yeah. There is a little bit further on where we do compare some different clubs, which will be interesting as well, because they didn't have managers for full seasons. But um, we'll have a look at that shortly. Right, let's go on to the next one, then. David Moyes.
2: So Moyes mm. had be... a very good season with regards to Europe.
3: Yes, Yes, now that's the thing that really does stand out there. You can see how they struggled in the Premier League. Um but yeah, what great stats though for, for Europe. Obviously they won it, so they're gonna be good stats, aren't they? But yeah. Um yeah. The thing is with Moyes, I mean there's still a lot of no uh, news circulating about his future. Mm. Um whether he may even be in the dugout tomorrow or not. Well, exactly.
2: But Mm. Iriola's, I think his figures, again, look pretty decent against West Ham's in the Premier League. Mm. And the Cups, I wouldn't worry too much about. But, you know, especially in La Liga, when you consider the size of West Ham and the size of Real Velocano, you've got a side that are small in La Liga, and they are small. In a decent league. One of the top five leagues in the world. Um, You know. Again. Very 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 good figures. Let's have a look at the next comparison shall we. And. Mikel Arteta. So Mikel Arteta of course. um, The Arsenal manager. Now. Arteta of course. Is a Basque manager. Very very much like. Iriola. Um, I know it's quite unfair, probably, to compare Arteta against Siriola because Arteta no, it isn't.
4: Keep going, keep going. I want to hear what you have to say, but <laughs> this, this,
3: this, this is in there because they're more from the same you know, they were yeah. by the same coach, weren't they? Um, yeah, you interviewed him, Craig, yeah, Mick um, Xari, yeah. So, I rather than really looking at the stats here, it's more like a comparison of two managers from the same. From the same coach, if you like. Influenced yeah. by the same coach.
2: But you look also uh, you know, with regards to let's have a look at the you know, the, the wing category, of course, Arsenal, yeah. you know, near come close to winning the Premier League last season. That's yeah. always gonna be up there. But you know, the defeats category now, nine defeats might sound a lot, and it probably is a lot, but again look at the size of the teams, look at the expen- the amount of expense on those teams and that is pretty good. Now, if Iriola can achieve even just part of what Arteta has, you know, we're in for a very, very exciting
4: season. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Because, I mean, you know, last season, I will say right now with um, Arteta was probably a bit of an anomaly. We had a A huge start where we won nine of our first 10 games, including, of course, um, beating you lot at Dean Court. I'm sorry, but I have to, um, you know, mention that. Yeah. And um, (laughs) thanks, Manny. (laughs) No, but listen, you should have beaten us at the Emirates, and you were good value for three points, not just one. And I I was, um, in as much as I was um, at least happy that we got the three points, I was choked for you lot. You deserved so much better from that. But, um, You know, last season was a bit of an anomaly, and the way we just sort of didn't um, make the best use of that and capitulated near the end—it just um, was something that really still leaves a sour taste in people's mouths to this um, very day. And I often compare, uh, think that the best way for comparison would be, you know, to compare Arteta's first full season with um, what he's done with um, Iriola. In his first season, mind you, um, at one point, he couldn't even buy a home win and had his 15th in the league at one time, then recovered well enough to finish eighth, although we missed out on the Europa League final, losing to our ex-manager, Unai Emery, and his Villarreal team, the yellow submarine. And uh, again, with the Europa League, if you take a look at Arteta's stats, they're quite misleading because, yes, we qualified from the uh, group stages with a record of played a 6-1 um, I think we won uh, five, no, we won four, drew one and lost one. And, but then, of course, we weren't able to uh, go through the uh, next stage. We lost to Sporting Lisbon in those farcical circumstances. So, again, um, you can talk about the points per game. Of course, in cups, technically, you don't get awarded points. I do like the um, stats that um, Iriola has had with um, Viacano. And, um, you know, he's kept them at a sort of a mid-table region, 13 wins, uh, 10 draws, enough to sort of keep them up and sort of make them punch above their weight. And they have, of course, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. upset the big boys. And um, it will be interesting to see the type of squad he has to work with now and what he gets with them. And I'm very interested to see the, the uh, match-up between um, Arsenal and Bournemouth, both at Dean Court and at the Emirates, because it's said that Iriola um, likes to play a rather expansive sort of game. This is something that Arteta will like to do, but what you guys did um, that day at the Emirates, you took advantage of our, um, you know, whenever we try to play the high line, we leave, our, we leave ourselves exceptionally weak at the back. We might have addressed that situation by getting Urian and Timber, although I, I like him more as a right back than a left back. And yet, um, I see Bournemouth's expansive style being enough to... Um, possibly once again take advantage of that if we are just too sloppy and lackadaisical and not careful and crucially um, with the signing of Aaron's, you know, he was cu- he's been coveted by so many top Premier League clubs we were eager to sign him at one stage I mean, we do have Timber now, but I wouldn't have said no to Aaron's. no yeah. way so, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how well Iriola does against Arsenal, I think that that could be, you know, a match where we could potentially see an upset Maybe, um, um, I mean, I don't know if I can actually predict a shock win at the Emirates like you almost had, but uh, Dean Corps will not be an easy place to come and play this season, mark my words.
3: No. Um, yeah, let's definitely. hope so. hope you're right, Manny there. I hope you're right. Right, let's have a look at the next
2: slide. Um, so what we've done here is we've looked at Rayo Velocano's stats against three Premier League sides. And we've picked Aston Villa, Everton and Wolves. Um, so all three sides,
0: of course, stayed up, um, but... Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery delivery now on the McDonald's app.
2: It's remarkable, really, when you look at it. Um, there's only Villa, really, and who, you know, have bettered Raya Carnos figures.
4: Yes.
3: Yeah. Obviously, we used Villa because um, Emery took over. Yeah. Um, again, who is from, is it the Basque country they call it? Yeah. Basque country, yep. yeah. Um, you know, same influence as um, Arteta. <clears throat> Um, obviously, then we picked Everton because they were um, in the relegation battle, um, yep. as were Wolves for a little bit.
2: And of course, um, they, Wolves they, were under Lopetegui as well at the time. Yeah, again. and of
4: course, and of course, I'm sure. I don't know if there, if you've heard the big news from Molyneux, but you will be discussing it later on. But keep going.
2: Yep. Oh yes, we do. Yeah.
4: <laughs> 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 Yeah, I don't know if we'll be discussing it much
3: in in this episode of Cherry Picker because uh, Craig's already done an eighteen minute video about it. So, yeah, um, if, if you want if to know the views on 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 that, there's an eighteen minute video for you to tune in to.
4: Oh, mate, I saw that video before coming as in in preparation for possibly <laughs> at least saying a few things about that. And um, if I could just um, say uh, say this what? quickly. Um, One thing which I really would have liked you lot to do is um, sort of have a comparison between, uh, I I I take the point that um, Gary didn't have a full season Mm -hmm. with Bournemouth, but if you could have compared those stats from the season and then Iriola's stats with Viacano, that would have been a decent um, metric. You could have compared the styles and so forth. Because now, if I take a look at Wolves, I see they had 11 wins and 19 losses. And, of course, before Lopetegui took over, they were an absolute mess. Um, I think their home record was what kept them up. Now, O'Neill's going to be coming to a team where they've lost quite a few of their star players. Ruben Neves is, is um, one of those players who has sort of headed the Exodus. But this, of course, could be a chance to try and um, start something um, from scratch and maybe try and rebuild the team, as it were, try and get some sort of a philosophy go- going and maybe take the lessons he's learned with them. So um, I'm interested to see the matchups both at Dean Corps and at Molyneux. And, um, yeah, you, you also mentioned Aston Villa were the only team to really um, do better than them. Of course, soon Imory took over midway, and he got them playing – um, a very expansive style of football. I think one thing which I can say about Emery is that he does tend to get very defensive near the end of the game when it comes to protecting a lead. And that's yeah. a very risky strategy when it comes to protecting, um, to, 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 um, when it comes to seeing out a game, especially since he does have the players who can continue to attack if he can bring them off the bench. So, again, I don't know if any of us have really seen um, too many La Liga games to really talk about um, how um, Iriola can protect a lead or so. So, I think Iriola should have a really good time against teams like Everton because I think it has to be said the Toffees can't score for Toffy. 35 <laughs> goals that season <laughs> is a testament to that, and um, the Wolves aren't exactly hunting well in their pack either. 31 goals says it all. So, um, these teams could be in for a shellacking from uh. Iriola's boys, especially if he gets them, you know, playing very well from the back and um, up the midfield. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, Everton were shocking last season and
2: Daesh And I don't, I think Wolves, you know, I think O'Neill would do well there, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, going back to, you know, what we've got, I think the other thing as well you've got to keep in mind is, and, I did criticise Gary O'Neill for this. It's because we went very defensive at times, didn't we? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, against Brighton away, went defensive, conceded. Went against Leeds, 3-1 up. Went defensive, lost 4-3. Spurs at home. You know, I could go over it all again. But what we've now got, I think, is the players to be able to do that, but in a different sort of way. If we do it the right way, you know, um, I think then you can, in this division, protect a lead. But it's not stick, you know, like Scott Parker did against Liverpool. Just stick everybody behind the ball. That doesn't work. That doesn't work in this division. Um, But you can protect a lead, but you do it in the right way.
4: Absolutely. There's always a right way to protect a lead. And I'm very glad you, you know, mentioned that. Yeah, definitely.
2: Let's have a look at the next one. Preseason form. Um, so it's been a bit of a mixed bag. You know, of course, three wins, two defeats. But, um, you know, the Hibernian win, 4-0. Uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, 1-0 defeat. I think the players at that point were trying to get used
3: to this system.
2: This high-intensity yeah, press. Yeah,
3: yeah so, I pre mean, preseason it's it's you know for exactly for that isn't it exactly um, yeah. so i mean you know we don't want to look too deep into the results in term of um you know it, it's just interesting to see i mean the the good thing for me there is that the, there's goals in all those games apart from obviously um the Aviv game we've scored in 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 all the others um mm-hmm. so for me that just proves you know the, the the style of play. You know the players are adapting to that style of play. Um, so I I think from from looking at that, it's it's very promising.
2: Yep, couldn't agree more with that. So there we are. That is Iriola, um, and of course we get down to proper business. This weekend against West Ham United. So, um, where where should we go next?
3: Well, should we look at picking our lineup?
2: Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So, who will be in Iriola's first starting lineup? So, here is the three goalkeepers. Let's be honest. I think there's only one choice for this.
3: At the moment, there is, um, which is obviously Neto. Yeah. Um, I think Radu is going to push him. So it's going to be some good competition there. Um, but I just want to give a little shout out to um, Randolph here. Yeah. Because I don't know if you ever watch like, the, the footage they put on the website. Yes, on the club website and stuff, but he seems to be doing that kind of Scott Carson role that he's doing. It was doing at City. I don't know if he's still doing it there. Where he was third choice, happy to be third choice, but was a real presence and a bit of an influencer within the side.
2: Yeah,
3: um, like you know, he puts his arm around a player, and you know, he seems to be doing that kind of role. Um, so where he's lacking in game time he is he, he appears to be making up in, in in other areas which is is very important for for the changing room yeah. yeah yeah i think you
2: know he's he's a full professional and i think you know full credit to him is he going to get game time well i would hope that he would get some game time in the cups but it would have to be a real injury crisis for him to get some game time in the Premier League. But yeah. um, the,
4: the sad thing about Randolph is that for quite some time he was the Republic of Ireland's number one. And, of course, he was the starting goalkeeper at Euro 2016, um, finally yeah. ending Shea Givens' long run and performed quite well. And he was supposed to, of course, um, kick on. I think his club situation really affected his um, you know, um, form because he wasn't getting much game time at West Ham, and now it's really saddening that at this stage in his career, when he should be looking to try and continue to play for his country, he's now sort of accepted his move into um, retirement. And um, <coughs> I was having a debate not too long ago, in fact, earlier today with a few friends on Instagram chat, where I said that I'm not really one of those people who um, believes in this idea of having um, this uh, luxury of a of a third goalkeeper who will never get any game time but will just be a presence around the squad Mm. because um when it comes to goalkeepers i think both of you can agree with me that if they don't get any game time they will effectively waste away to nothing and this day and age when you've got so many players the likes of the now recently retired Gianluigi buffon wanting to continue to play no matter what that so much that he went back to his um um old club, Parma, in his mid-40s, and actually did quite well over there, even though the team didn't um, achieve their ambition of getting promoted to Serie A. He actually still showed that he was more than capable of doing a decent job, although it must be said that his best days were behind him. So I just don't really subscribe to this idea that... um, You know, if you are willing to waste your career away by training hard, being a good professional and sort of having a yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir attitude when it comes to game time, then you can be a model professional because that means that um, if you take someone like Emmy Martinez, who walked away from Arsenal because he wasn't going to be the starting goalkeeper for one season, which he deserved to be, in my opinion. People like him get criticised as, you know, mentally weak and unwilling and not having the stomach to really fight hard and make a contribution. And I'm sorry, but in as much as football may be a team game, players have individual desires and dreams. And that's why I think if you have the desire to play, I think I can have some more respect for you. I suppose maybe Randolph is coming close to his forties. He is close to his retirement, but still, it's just sad to see how things have, you know, faded away for him. For him, but um, I suppose I mean, if Bournemouth are happy to have him, if the fans do love him, and if he feels as though he really um, enjoys um, what he does, then I suppose um, fair play to him. Won't do his bank balance much harm, would it? No, no, (laughs) so so we're We're gonna settle on Neto here
3: then. Um,
4: yep, does he keep
3: keep the armband?
4: Yes, he does.
3: Yes, he does. Yeah, cool. I'm happy with that. Right, should we have a look at the next one?
2: Go for it, Matt. Go for it.
3: Right now, there was only two names on here, and then we signed a certain Aaron's. So, um, for me, (laughs) um, personally. Um, these three start on Saturday. I don't know what you think, but for me, they start.
4: Are these your central defenders or for, Because Aaron's is uh, the right back, though, isn't he?
3: Yeah, yeah, so it's two full backs and uh, Marcus Sensei.
4: Ah, right, yeah, I That's... I can't
2: disagree with that. I think Kirke's left, Aaron's right, um, Sinesi, um, on in the middle. It depends whether or not uh Irelia goes to a 442 formation, but I don't think he probably will. I think um Zubania might get a nod if that happens, but um I think that that's probably what it's gonna look
3: like. Well, I I personally think um it would be these three plus um uh, let's have a look. So, are we going for these free to start? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So, these free. Obviously, there's injuries there. Frederick's ain't fit. Um, Smith's had a knock, isn't he? Yeah. Um, now, Hill was filling in at right back and did a fair, fairly decent job, but he's not going to um, play ahead of, of Max Ahrens. I think he'll be on the bench though. So. Kelly's still got a knock, I believe. Yeah. So out of these two, who starts alongside um Marcus Sanesi? Sabanio. Eh? Yeah, that's
4: what I would say. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I know Mepham's done some good things for Wales, but it's all about Bournemouth at the moment. Although, if um I don't see Iriella playing a back five because one thing which seems to connect these Basque managers, um Emery, Arteta and company. They like a back four. You will never see them playing a back five. You will never see them going too defensive. So, Zabani for me. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Zabani, definitely. Yeah, carry on, Craig. Right. So, let's go on to the next screen. So, the first names on the team sheet for the midfield wingers attack. So, uh, Philip, we should call him now. Yeah. Philip, uh, not Phil Bill anymore. He's just going by the name of Philip. So, so,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I think he's probably got to get the nod. Now, David Brooks has had a very, very good preseason, and he's like a new signing himself. Um, <sighs> but then again... Um, I think Billing's got to start. Brooks. Starts for me. He's had a great preseason. He's had a p- great
3: pre-season. Got to start him. Got to start him, I think. I mean, he's yeah. been on fire, is not he? He has, yeah. He has. I'm just,
2: you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, he's able to cope with 90 minutes in the Premier League. You know, which I, I think he probably better. is. But... It should be by now. Yeah, I think you know he's looked after himself and he's put in the put in the training sessions and put in the work to get himself back to where he is. And full credit to him. Um, Absolutely. You know, I th- my only question is, what does that leave with Ryan Christie? Because I think Christie's done very well, you know, um, last season. But we'll come to that. Probably, we'll come to that have a look um so kilkenny lewis cook uh, of course drop the l and joe rothwell Hmm. see midfield for me is a difficult one because we've got so much quality there now rothwell is an excellent player pinpoint passes you know i really rate him i really like him
3: He's a little bit different from the rest of the midfields. midfields I think I think Kilkenny will fall short. I think he had a good pre season. I mean the couple of games, um, um the Hibernian game. Um I thought he played well. Yeah. Um but I think he's gonna fall short with the likes of Cook, Rothwell that are ahead of him. Um I think he will fall a bit short. Hmm. Well
2: I don't know about Lewis Cook. I think, you know, there's a lot of question marks. There's so much. Qual- What's good about this is it's difficult to pick a side now because of the quality we've got. Because, of course, we've got a certain man on the left hand side. And, of course, we've got Jaden Anthony as well. Shall we go to the next screen? Because I'm sure it'll pop up in a second. There he is on the far right hand side. Should be yes. on the left. Um, but, Christy, um, I really like Ryan Christie. Um but
3: yeah I do. I do. I'm a big fan of Christie. We've got so um, much quality in midfield that you know playing a deeper role as well with Christie, um which I think he did, was it against Southampton? I yeah. I mean. Um in the friendly, um he played deeper. Um mm. and I think he set up uh Dango's goal, didn't he? Yeah uh, from that deep role. Um so that's a good attribute. Um Camitriori. You know, was
2: excellent until you know, of course, his injury last season. I really rate him. I really, really like him.
3: Um, This is such a difficult. See, for (sighs) me, I think for me at the moment, Mm. Cliver will be on the bench as an option. Yeah, as an option for for me, as as a um, option as as a plan B, as as a different option. I think Brooksy and um, Dango start. Mm. Um, And I think possibly it's a toss between Cook, Rothwell, and Christie for the other places. It's interesting. Obviously, Billing's going to be playing higher up in behind the front man. So, for me, Billing's in. Phil, Bill, Phil, whatever you want to call him, but I'm calling him Billing for now. Um, so, he's in for me. for Top billing, as it were. Yeah, top billing, yeah. I would probably play Clive on the left, but then again, like you say,
2: Dongaritara to... hasn't done anything wrong.
3: No, and I just think that, you know, if it gets to sort of like, you know, half-time maybe, or if it gets to like the 60th minute and we need a bit more energy, we need someone different, someone a bit more, you know, that's going to give mm. the game an edge. You bring this guy on and he can turn the game on its head. It's a nice um, problem to have this, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, Traoray, what a class player. It's quality. Traoray, do you know what I mean? It, it, this is gonna, it's going to be such an interesting lineup for, you know, on Saturday. It really is. You know, I can't think of. You know,
2: I don't think we've got a bad midfielder. You know, Kilkenny's a player, you know, okay, he went to Stoke last season, was on loan, but he's a good midfielder. You know, he's really... I think, you know, I've seen him in pre-season. I think, you know, he's got so many qualities. Maybe he's not the finished article as yet, or you could say that, or maybe he's down further down the pecking order at this football club. But at the same time, you know... I I can't say we've got a bad midfielder and you're picking and
3: you're choosing out of just quality.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Well, okay, before we go any further then, who 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 are we chucking in? Or do you want to carry on and then we we make a decision?
4: Uh, my question is, what sort of formation do you want to see play? Because I'm thinking that he might go with a four four two, but um, you were talking, Matt, about possibly having Billing, I mean Phil, playing behind the striker. So, would you want a four four one one or something like that? Yeah, I think that's what that's, I was I think
3: That's, that's where it's going to go. Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah. So, I think the nice thing about that is that you effectively have you know, four midfielders and attacking midfielder that leaves you with a lot more room to maneuver. So I'm thinking you could have Lewis cook and Rothwell in there and, uh, Ryan Christie gets in. So it will be a toss up between Traore and Justin Clyvert. And I want to ask you gentlemen, how do you rate these two blokes in their preseason? Traore and Cliver. Um, Kluivert, absolutely fantastic.
3: Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, I think he'd come on second half, was it, against Hibbs? and literally within about two, three, four minutes, I think he'd set up Billing for a goal. Um. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will be saying he's in their starting lineup, But I just think if I was the manager and I needed a plan B, I needed something a bit different. But don't forget, Clive can also play central as well as out on the wing. So, See, is that a...
2: Uh, this is, uh, I th- I'm finding it difficult because I think Atara hasn't done anything wrong. Brooks, like you say, on the right hand side. But then again, Christy, I think, you know, serves probably a shout. Um, you know, do we play Cliver
3: in the center instead? But then where do you put Bill in? You don't want to play Bill in deeper, do you? No, no, we put Bill in up front. You know, we put
2: Bill in just behind.
3: So you're talking. Christie being in the centre mid with someone like Rothwell or Cook. Or who does he go on the flank for, Brooks or Dongo? It's good, isn't it? It's a good headache to have.
4: Headache is right.
2: It's like putting chess pieces together, really, this. Isn't
3: um, it? We've not had this before. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's just have another look. look flick on to the next one, Craig. Right. Well, it gets even harder because Travenier, Travenier is actually injured. Yeah. But when he comes but back... He, but if he wasn't, how much harder would it be? You've got Anthony who can do a job. You got Dongo, who I think uh, Dango, who I think has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and like you say, he hasn't put a foot wrong, so why shouldn't he start? Can you see, like, if you chuck um, tabs in as well?
2: Yeah, it's really this is really difficult. I would say I would start with. Now, could you go like this? So, Dongle on the left Brooks on the right, let's go with Brooksy So we're going with Brooksy for definite, yeah? Yeah, let's go for Brooksy on the right Because he has had a good pre-season um, It's five. unfair He's on great. Ryan Christie But, you know, at the end of the day Could we play Cliver in midfield But Billy in advanced position But who partners Cliver in midfield?
3: Yeah, he well, he,
2: nah, he wouldn't play in central uh, midfield. Or, or here's another question: Do both Billing and Cliver play a little bit more advanced and can drop back? Or am I creating something here that might be?
4: I actually would like to see uh, Dungo start as the um, striker, with Billing sort of either behind or alongside him. And the midfield clover um, could be on the left, Brooksy on the right, and maybe uh, Lewis Cook and rothwell or if you if you think that you want to have someone different from Cook and Rothwell, you can probably add someone like maybe maybe a Christie or even a triori anyone you want because um I'm really excited by clover not just because his father was an absolute legend but um, you know you've heard of the saying a chip off the old block right, and clover yeah. is one of those really um Uh, I wouldn't say funny, but rather it's interesting because with his um heritage and with his um you know status, he is 24 years old and of course was a big um, part of the Ajax Academy and then played for Ajax for two seasons and then Roma lost his way a bit with a few um, loan deals and um, should by now have been an established international with the Dutch team, but never really got the chance. But I would like to think that the way the Dutch are going now, it will be any port in the storm. And um, coming to Bournemouth is sort of like, um, you know, a new chance for him. And what he lends to any team, I think he should definitely be given a chance to um, really show what he can do. And um, he scored more than a few um, decent goals. Um, yeah, I'm really excited by Cloyvert. I think, you know, if you really want to have a team that can represent the best of the expansive attacking football that Iriola would like to play, then Cloyvert has to be in with a shout. And I would have him on the left, really.
2: Right. I think our defense is sorted. <laughs> midfield we could be here all day but Matt what would you go with Um,
3: I'll bring it up in a second I'll bring it up do you want to have a look at the forwards
2: yeah let's go for the forwards so of course we've got Solanke, Semenyo and Moore I think Moore has done pretty well in pre-season you know he seems like again he's a different style which is actually suiting him, but I think that Iriola will go with Solanke, but I might be wrong.
3: Yeah, quite possibly. Should we have um, a little
2: look what you've selected?
3: Yeah. Um, one second. There we go. Look at that.
2: So, Lewis Cook, Christie, Dongo, Billing, and Solanke. Solid side, is not it? It's a solid side, you know. It's um, it's going to be one of those when we sat there and the teams come out. You know, like we look at the Sky Sports app, don't we? You know, when the teams come out, yeah. Um. I can't think of anything, any occasions where we can say, oh, hold on a minute, because I don't think we're going to have a problem like that. I don't think hmm. we're going to have a situation like where we're going, what's he doing? What's he doing wrong there? Because the quality we've got at but this then moment. Again,
3: then again, if if you see more starting up front, after his efforts last week against Llorente, um you wouldn't be surprised. No, I wouldn't be. I think he's... No. he's it's it's. Uh, I just think this is such. I think he's in. Even with the injuries he's got, I mean, like Samario there, he's um he's still coming back from a knock, isn't he? So I don't think yeah uh, whether he's ready or match fit yet. But you think when these injured players come back, you know, when Fredericks is back, Smith comes back. Uh, if he's if he's not fit already, and then you've got the competition between three right-backs there Aaron Smith, who's a club legend and Ryan Fredericks I mean, you know it's it's you can see there's more depth in the squad this season, and you can see how there's some real, real competition for places It's, inc- it's well, let's be fair it's been difficult to actually pick this side, hasn't it? This is why I thought this was a good little topic, because it's like if you were manager and you had to name your squad, who would you name in it? And, you know, in comparison to last season's, you can see with the two transfer windows that have just been gone. Well, yeah. we're still in, um, but you know, January and this one, how, how much depth that we've added. Okay. Yes, we have lost players as well. Um, but the depth, the quality, um, there seems to be a lot more quality there. and and, You know, with a complete fit squad, you've got some real, real interesting issues, problems. You know, we're picking. You know, you're going to disappoint somebody, aren't you? Um, Mm. I just, I just think it's, I just can't wait to see his first lineup.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Well, that is you know it's such an interesting thing to do because it's you know i was trying to play around with the formations there matt as well As you could probably tell yeah when i sat there trying to fit players in you know and thinking right okay play that person but you know
3: he's got a tough task on his hands hasn't he but from a manager's perspective it's a great it's a great problem. To great have, pre- yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: We have got one last little bit as well that we're just going to quickly run through now. Mm-hmm. And this is it. Last season on their contract, should Phil Bill and Christie be offered new deals? So Phil Bill,
3: um, there's the stats there. So what, what, do, you, what do you think, Craig, on, on Phil Bill? If you were, if you, if you, uh, say, his agent, Mm -hmm. what would you be doing right now
2: I think that Phil Bill is probably being or his agent would probably be having conversations Um, he is 27 years old um, so he's probably hitting his prime now Um, I personally would offer him a new deal now how long is that new deal going to be I would say probably well we could we could easily offer him a four-year contract, but I think his price is going to go up um, and the thing is, is it's always a difficult one because Phil Bill has been such a good servant to us that you know we didn't we don't want to we didn't want to sell him, but we don't want to lose him for nothing really um he's too good a player to lose for nothing and i'd definitely be you know negotiating now i'd be negotiating at this point um you know even if it's not to keep phil bill for the duration to make sure we get a fee for the player Mm, okay and then we've got ryan christie um this is a difficult one because Ryan Christie, like I say, I really like him really, really like him. Now this again depends on, you know, I think it needs to be done sooner rather than later because it will really depend on how much football Ryan Christie's is that sort of player. I think where he wants football and if he's not, Getting played because we've got talent and we're awash with talent. He might think, in fact, I'm not playing much here. Maybe it's time for me to move on. I hope that's not the case, but it could very well be. So, yeah. yeah. Personally, I would offer them both new contracts. Um, both of them are worthy of a fee but it's whether or not billing in the case uh, case of billing, I think it was going to be suitors, you know, that will be, you know, his agents probably trying to get the best deal for both himself and also the player Um, with regards to Ryan Christie. I think it's going to be a case of right. Okay. He'd be happy. You know, if, if Brooks was on the bench every game and Ryan Christie was playing every match, that's, my honest opinion with regards to this
1: mm-hmm okay okay
2: regardless if if one or both of them go we're losing either one or two very good
3: players yes but is it anything to do with this mmm
2: Christy maybe. Christy maybe because you know, you could say this for any player in the squad that dips. You could say this for any but um, do you go with your tried and tested, which is what Billy and Christy are, or do you go with, you know, somebody who is progressive young Fresh and somebody who can possibly take you on to the next level. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees that Alex Scott and Max Ahrens are going to be successes here. You know, it's he, more than likely that they will be because of what they've done previously. But at the same time, you know, these players that we've got, Billing is proven. You know, I don't know whether or not Christie will play. want to play second fiddle. He might want to go to get more football. It'll be interesting to see how it pans out. But I would be negotiating with both of them, you know, because there's always that possibility that, you know, in Ryan Chris's case,
3: that we could send him out on loan. Here's, here's another way of looking at it. So we brought Max Ahrens in. Yeah. Now, Manny, who's completely neutral here, loves Max Aaron's. thinks he's a quality player. Yeah. We no, let, I do. We let Stacey go on a free. We didn't renew his contract, and we bring in a player the caliber of Max Ahrens? Now, what I'm, point I'm trying to make here, Are we, it, a contract negotiations not happening because we know they can do a job this season, but next preseason we want to bring in a higher caliber player? Very possible. Very possible. It depends it's where we are that...
2: at the end of the season.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Now, if we take a step forward this season, like we hope we are going to, like we should do, yeah. to take that next step again, is Billion and Christie the faces that are going to do it? Or is there plans to bring players in of a higher caliber?
2: It's a
3: good point. It's a good point. And I think probably. Because you look at Alex Scott, one for the future. Yeah. Yeah. So he develops for a few seasons. Yeah. Max Ahrens is already a quality player. Premier League experience. I think he's won the championship twice. Stacey yeah. goes. Aaron's comes in. So how would you rate Stacey and Aaron's? Is Stacey better than Ahrens? Mm. I would say Aaron's is a lot better than Stacey, and I rated yeah. Stacey. I did rate Stacey. Thought you, you know, when he was here, he put a good shift in. But can you compare them in terms of quality? Aaron's has more quality. Oh, most definitely,
2: most definitely. Do you see
3: what I'm saying. I the think straight... you've got to look as
2: well at the age of the player as well. And yeah. like Ryan Christie, 28 years old, at the end of wow. Well, in February, he's 29. Now, he's not going to want... he he want to be playing regularly. Now, he could play regularly in the Premier League for another club. But considering the journey that we are on, I don't think that club's us.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah,
2: Billing, 27 years old. Of course, he's 28 next year, I th- believe. Without checking it again. But again, it's a very good point. It's a very, very good point. You know, he's been great servants at the club. Um, I would probably, if I had to offer a contract to one of them, I would get billing done. Absolutely.
3: Mm. And that's, I like Ryan Christie. Yeah, 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 I yeah, like yeah. Ryan
2: Christie, but, you know, that's like
3: the way both, I, see it. I I like both the players, but I'm just trying to... It's kind of like creating a debate between us. Exactly, um, exactly. And, it's, um... and there's been a lot of press in, in the Scottish press over the last sort of couple of weeks about, you know, Christie wants a contract. Christie wants to yeah. open negotiations with the club, and he's waiting for the club to do so. But, you know is it a case that the club's going to start negotiating at midpoint through the season? Um, or are we looking to the future to bring in new blood? It's just an interesting debate. Who knows what's going to happen? But it's just something to... I just think it's, you know, it's they're both on their last years of their contract and, yeah. um, you know, there's been no talk about um, any new deals on the table, so... Be interesting to see how that develops over the season.
2: It will be. It will be. Well, there we have it. So, of course, West Ham at home on Saturday. We will be there, won't we, Matt? Yeah, certainly will be. Yep. And we will have our free-for-all on the Sunday at 8 o'clock as well. So do keep your eyes peeled for that as well. That will go up probably Sunday morning, you know, just to let you know, or Saturday night. Um, and the link will be in the description of the YouTube video. It'll also be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and whatever else that we choose to stick it on. Um, but, Mally, thank you again for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And you reckon a 2-1 win for AFC Bournemouth this weekend um, yep. and a fantastic start for Iriola. I'm going
3: for a 2-1 win. Matt, haven't heard your prediction, what are you going for? Well, like I say, on the head-to-head, I predicted a draw, but now we've uh, uh, made a, another sign-in, two sign-ins. Obviously, you know, Scott's injured. Um, the developments at West Ham, it, you know, they've signed. Um, what's his name? We were talking about him on the head tag. Yeah. Um,
2: what's his name? But, Don't worry <laughs> Um,
3: now that they haven't made as many signings as you know they were hoping to make, I've, I've changed my mind and I'm feeling confident, so I'm gonna go with a
4: 2 1 win. So there we are. And, We're
3: all gone for 2 1. There we are.
4: And let me just say this if Harry Maguire plays, you can raise it to 3 1.
2: <laughs> That's how confident <comforting> Dean <laughs> Maguire Manny <Maddie> is. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we finish. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we shall see you in the next one. Let's hope Maguire doesn't make another mistake again. There we are. That'd be nice.